The Gadget Guide on Cambridge 105 Radio. Hello and welcome to Gadget Guide show number 168, a second one of 2020 with a tech news look and then some of the newer tech and trends and ideas from the Consumer Electronics Show 2020. Right, so looking at the tech news this week and starting off with the controversy because it's always fun. Yes, this is uh, Sonos, the uh, the, the very, uh, very well-known sort of smart hi-fi manufacturer. Multi-room sound system... And streaming wireless speakers, and all this those sort is, of things. This is what I think it basically comes down to: is are they a an IT computer gadgets manufacturer or are they a music system manufacturer? Because the expectations for those two are very different. It and is it is a difficult one. And the the background, if you haven't spotted them in the news, is that they announced that some of their earlier generation hardware is becoming end of life and what that means is that they're not going to be releasing new updates to their software that runs all of these devices which means that it'll carry on working if you've got one of these first gen play fives it'll still carry on doing exactly what it was but as they release newer versions of their software to their other devices you won't be able to go out and buy a brand new device and use it in the same group Yep. So in the, in the, as part of so the basically same system. your system will fall behind in terms of software features if you've got old hardware in your system. Exactly. That's basically what they were saying. And I think I'm right in saying that if you were to go and but if they were to release a new model of uh, of speaker tomorrow, then you couldn't add that to a system that contains one of these legacy items. Correct. That was that was what they said, which uh, created quite a lot of um, stir on the internet. Now Sonos has been around since the early 2000s, and some of their hardware dates back. A good number of years. Um, certainly, I've got stuff that uh, models that were released in two thousand nine. And to their credit, yeah, that's eleven year old hardware, and it's still going. However, if you're thinking about it as hi-fi, hi-fi has been one of those traditional things that Dad has handed you his decent shelf system hi-fi or components. And thirty years later, you're still using because it because they just carry on working, and that's what the perception have generally been on hi-fi, which Sonos have always claimed to be hi-fi. Yes, in their advertising and marketing up until fairly recently. Uh, and of course, this is interesting because with a with a hi-fi, yeah, if you go and get your hi-fi amplifier, there isn't any software, or, or at least there, is, there probably is nowadays, but it doesn't have to to work with anything. It else. It doesn't stop working if you don't apply the latest exactly. update. Exactly, and of course, Sonos have kind of gotten them by virtue of their 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 very offering have made this problem for themselves because if you could go if all a sonos speaker did was to sit in the corner of the room on its own it wouldn't really matter if one of these older devices stopped getting updates but the the very very thing that sonos revolves around is that you go and get one speaker and then you add another to it and then yep. they play together and then you yep. add another two and that's and just you around go, you go i want a whole room house party and or i want to hear radio four upstairs and something from spotify downstairs and of course that which of course implies streaming exactly and that means that means two things first of all it means that people you know all of these different devices have to work together and secondly it means that people build up these very expensive collections yeah, over I mean, time your, your cheapest speaker from sonos is the play one on offer, you can possibly get it down to about £160. Yeah. So if you have and those in multiple rooms, that's per room in your house. And it's amazing. Some are watching on, on social media, some of the folks uh, posting photos of their setups, yeah, they, they have racks of these things. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you've got a big house and one of the, uh, the, the is it the Play 5s that integrates into sort of no, your existing amplifier? That, that would be the Connect Amp. The, that's the one. Which basically is an amplifier. So you plug 
room speakers into it or ceiling speakers or your outdoor speakers or your bathroom speakers and it then becomes part of your system and people have 10 of those yes now those to replace the connect amp is a six to seven hundred pound device right so we're we're talking we're talking thousands thousands if not encroaching on the sort of ten thousand pound mark yes so whereas if you were to have my phone which is uh you know a few years old that's getting toward the end of its life. It's got a cracked screen but you now. Can, you I can would buy a modern mobile phone with equivalent specs for about £300. And all I would have to do is to buy a new phone. I wouldn't yes. have to replace my laptop and my tablet and my earphones. and All, all the apps that were on it. Exactly. All of that. You know, so although you can say, yes, a phone, you know, we should be used to our, our sort of smart tech only lasting two or three years. I think that Sonos... Uh, are in a particularly uh, difficult situation here because it makes up this larger system. Now, I mean, they did say that they'd have a trade-in program which would give you a, they said, a decent discount off new stuff. Was it 30%, I think? Yeah. However, when you activated the trade-in program on an old serial number, it bricked the device off to 21 days. Yes, so you couldn't even then sell that to someone else second-hand. Yeah, the the electronics wouldn't be useful to anyone else, which I thought was pretty ungreen, considering that they've always had a very green uh, ethos on their websites. So they, they got themselves into quite a lot of stick about it. Now, on the flip side, just just before we go on, I, I totally understand where they're coming from. Yes. Because, um, you know, I, I work in a software development company and there is nothing worse than having to support a hundred old versions. Yes. When you're still trying to improve the, the current product for people who buy it now. So I can... Yeah, the hardware has come on a lot, long way, not so much the speaker technology and the amplifiers, but the, the processors that they've got in the stuff. Yeah, and the Wi-Fi and so on. Uh, all of that has come on so far in the last 10 years. And to have to make every single feature that they release now also work on every single generation of hardware yeah. that they've ever released, that is a big ask. Yeah, And that's going to be making them, as they release more and more hardware, that's going to make their their ability to develop new things slower and slower yeah. and slower. And at some point, they have to declare that that limit and say, yes. right, you know what, this is now too old. This is yeah. out of support. Yeah. So it's an interesting one and an interesting problem for them to have. Now, fortunately, they, they've um, seen the light of their customers' complaints. <laughs> so and, seen the uh, fire in their customers' <laughs> eyes. <laughs> and on the 23rd, the CEO of Sonos published a, an open letter and it was emailed out to all customers as well. So, yes, I got I got the original email saying, these devices are going to be end of life. Yep. And I, I then got the uh, the um, whoops, we've made a big mistake in saying what we're saying. And what they've now said they will do is, yes, there will be limited support on older devices, but they will still do things like security updates and fixes. They will allow you to split your system into old plus new. And I think that's Which what is it going needed, to be an interesting it, idea. Yes. So already the application, the driving application, has got a facility for you to group devices in your house. So you can have a, an upstairs group, a downstairs group, for yeah. example. So I can see that very easily becoming a, well, here's your legacy group, here's your current group, things yes. like that. Uh, and, and maybe you just sort of rearrange your house a little bit. So you put all your old devices upstairs. Yeah. And then that's because a natural you, you group you might anyway. not have full synchronised audio streaming between them so that you might get a bit of echo and delay between the old and the new, things like that. But it's not going to be that within a room. You're not going no. to have your you know, your surround sound speakers half a second behind your front speakers in, yeah. in your lounge. Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest was some of their more recent devices, things like their uh, soundbar, yes. which is only about four years old, was in the list of, of things that they were going to kill off. And it was, hang on a sec, you know, we, I've got 
people have got TVs older than that, and you expect things like that that you've added to your TV to still be around. Now, my guess is that they, at some point they went through a, a process or architecture change. It's interesting. And that's, I reckon that's what it is that's prompted this, is it, that it, they're hitting yeah, something straight it is quite there. interesting because, you know, I've got a system with old and new versions of stuff, and all the software is running the same version at the moment. Yes. And the app works, and even an old controller. Now, the controller, yes, I can understand them end of life a controller because yeah. it was a touchscreen controller. All you do is replace a controller, right? It was a Wi-Fi touchscreen controller. It was out before the iPhone. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that gives you a perspective on the age of that. Yes. And it was the interface to the system. It was before we had smartphones that could run apps that you'd use to drive yep. your system, which is understandable. Quite happy if they drop that. Mine still works. It's still quite useful because it's faster than picking up my phone, opening an app and doing something. But at least it's only one part of the It is only the, one the part picture. of the system. So, yeah, I, I think that they're going to sort something out that's going to be more palatable for customers, which is a good thing. Yes, definitely. Uh, in, interesting to, to watch how that story develops. I, I think this is going to be something we're going to see more and more of, by the way, as we get more into connected homes, more into this, to use the, the buzzword, Internet of Things. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, that, I think they realise it would be like Amazon turning around and saying that Echo device you bought generation one because you're still using that. Sorry, your Fire TV is not going to work because they're on the same. They're, they're in oh the my, same account. My Fire or, TV doesn't work. But that's or even story. worse, <laughs> you can't use your latest iPhone or MacBook because you're still using using an iPad too. Yes, you know that is the sort of correlation. So we'll see what they do. But I, I think it will be interesting to see how. You know, how this stuff progresses because yes. you, know, you don't expect your washing machine to stop working after three years. No, just because your internet is unable to support it. Exactly. It. So, uh, yeah. Yes. More, more to come, I think, probably not from Sonos, but from uh, many other companies. Yes. Anyway, sticking with complaints, Ofcom have just published their latest set of league tables for broadband, mobile, landline operators and TV companies. Th- this can't... <laughs> Is <laughs> is the sort of the company the things that people love to hate, isn't it? Really, the, yes. Their broadband provider, and no, no one's going to sort of jump up and down singing the praises of their broadband provider unless you're probably a very niche customer. <laughs> so this is based on the quarterly number of complaints made to Ofcom uh, about providers, and uh, they basically include all um, operators with a market share over one and a half percent. So this, this mops again, up some of the smaller ISPs. Yes. But not the uh, really tiny ones. Yes. Uh, Virgin Media got um, the gong for most complained about pay TV provider again. That, that doesn't surprise me too much. Um, yeah. Partly for a technical reason, because with the likes of Sky, they have a much more robust, you know, there's no cables that can get cut, there's no roads that can be dug up. I don't know. The Sky Q box relies a lot on your broadband these days. It does. But I, I guess maybe people sort of realise that if their internet's down, you know, at least they can still watch something, maybe. Yeah, uh, possibly. Possibly. Uh, an interesting one, Tesco Mobile remains the least complained about mobile provider. I would not have guessed that. No. Given that they build on top of, I think it's O2? Yes. I, I believe. Um, although they have, they've moved a few times. Um, so I put not- one of the MV- other MVNOs on top of them yeah. Like GifGaff or, yeah. or somewhere like that. But uh, GifGaff, of course, also owned by O2. That's that's the beautiful thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this um, wonderful independent sort of <laughs> slightly hipster mobile provider is actually saying just that, O2. I mean, this is Virgin, compla- uh, Virgin being the most complained about TV provider. Yes. Okay, we don't have a lot of choice. We've got Virgin, we've got Sky. Right, I've run out. <laughs> Pay TV providers. <laughs> uh, the, the Nail TV. Owned by Sky. Yes, true. 
Although uh, di- different. I suppose you could put Amazon and Netflix in D- there. Is it Direct TV? Are they still a thing? Uh, that's US. Is it? Okay. <laughs> anyway. I, I don't watch TV. So. On the mobiles, yes, Tesco got the least complaints. Vodafone, most complaints. Yes, that was as a broadband provider, interesting, uh, yes. interestingly. Yes. Um, mostly complaints about false service and installation problems, which, again, that, that's slightly curious, because why would Vodafone, who are selling on top of... You know, Everyone BT else. Open reach. And City Fibre for Cambridge. That's true. Uh, unless it is just those, those new full fibre installs that are causing them the problems because could be the vodafone installation process shouldn't be any different to anyone else who uses your telephone num- yeah. uh, line for for broadband might be yes ee and sky got the least complaints for broadband yeah and yeah. then on to- on um, landlines what are those um vodafone and talk talk got the most complaints uh followed by Plusnet. Oh, uh, interesting mm. interesting Plusnet normally got a reasonable reputation so that's uh uh, again, false service and provisioning issues. Now, the faults cannot be... I I can't believe that the faults are actually any higher, so I wonder if it's just how they're handling them that's the, the I difference. Think, I think it could be down to call centres, where yeah. the call centres are, and whether yeah. your issue is actually listened to. E- exactly. I've, I've got a problem with my phone. Okay, no problem. We'll get someone out to look at that and you know follow it through, versus... No, you haven't. My system says everything's okay. I, mm. I wonder if it's that handling that's different rather than the actual, uh, yeah. uh, the actual thing. Sticking with TV and Sky, uh, interesting story on broadband TV news that uh, Sky could be the first pay TV operator in the UK to get Disney Plus when the new streaming service officially launches in the UK. Uh, interesting. Uh, if they tie up an exclusive contract, which some other newswires are talking about, it could... Uh, bump Virgin out of the running for being able to offer Disney Plus on their platform, which is a little bit um, annoying. Yes, Let, I, let's I hope suspect, it doesn't go exclusive. Yes, I suspect this is going to be one of those things where if you actually want to see all of the content, you'll have to uh, have to get about three different packages. Yeah, now the advantage of integrating like this is things like Netflix is already on Sky Q, which means you watch Netflix on your on your Skybox without having to have another Fire device or a, yes. a Now TV stick, some other input method into your TV. Also, when you search for a program or a film, it comes up looking at your Netflix content as well as your Sky content and everything shows in one list, which mm. is quite nice. Yes. Um, Netflix available on Virgin's platform as well, so you can cross-search that. But, of course, if you're using things like Fire TV sticks from Amazon, the Amazon and the Netflix content is all searched through one interface as well. And they're now starting to include things like um Channel 5, ITV, and Channel 4's content into the search results. Useful stuff like that. It's, it's giving people one place to look for all their content. Sticking with looking at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show 2020, this year's big Consumer Electronics Show that starts pretty much the year every January. Um, and there's a bit of a trend away from lots of white goods and TVs to more interesting stuff. This year's themes included AI, artificial intelligence, 5G, because mobile networks, and tech for good, which I quite liked. Yes, I, I have to say that you can always tell whether something's marketing or real technology. If, it, <laughs> if it's called AI, then it's marketing. If it's called machine learning, then it's technology. Yes. Uh, the, the two are exactly the same. And it, it, it's also that thing of, you know, how, how can you tell when uh, some, the artificial intelligence is actually real? It's because it stops being called artificial intelligence. Yes. Yeah, we, you, we've had this in things like tumble dryers for years. You know, tumble dryers that automatically sense when your clothes are dry. 
and it's stop just a sense it, it's just yes. you know it's just something that and um, yeah that uh the sort of swipey keyboards that we've now all got on on phones even yep. even the iphone users have got those now yep, yep. um but those the predictive text been, stuff is exactly well how we had predictive text with t9 on on nokia phones with push button keys where you'd you'd push the letter and it would it would predict the the possible three or four words for that combination yes. yeah it, it's um yeah it, it, it just isn't AI once it's no. in the main, mainstream and if, if you think back if you thought back 50 years and you said that you'd have a device in your pocket that would be able to access the uh sum of human knowledge play you any music that you'd like from any composer of the time or before if you said that to someone 50 years ago they'd tell you that it was all just magic yes and it, it basically is. And science it, fiction. Right? <laughs> so, yes, artificial intelligence, we've all been talking about it since science fiction's early days. Uh, where is it going? So, yeah, looking at some of the stuff that was punted around the Consumer Electronics Show this year in Vegas, uh, Bosch as a company, quite an interesting company because they've got fingers in lots of things and they get involved in lots of technology all over the place. Some of the stuff that they showed off was really quite cool. One of the things that won awards as best of innovation this year was their virtual sun visor. Yes, I, I like this. So this is something that's meant to uh, meant to make dri- uh, car drivers' lives easier. Although and so, and all make vehicles. car driving safer. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the first bit is obvious, which is that you know, are you been driving along the road and you've got fed up with the sun sort of moving from side to side as you go around the, the bend and you're having to constantly sort of put the visor up, put the visor down, put it yeah. around to the side. And then it just never covers that, but just to the side. Exactly. The The virtual visor is designed to get around that problem because it uses LCD technology, so the same technology as you see in uh, computer screens and things like that. Maybe you've got one of those auto-dimming rear-view mirrors as well. Yep. Um, and it uses that to just selectively block out just the right area of the visor according yep. to where the sun is. So a camera watches your face, works out where your eyes are, works out where the sun is shining from. And, and dims that bit. And dims that bit. So as you go around a corner, it just moves the bit of visor. Which is very, <laughs> very is that? clever. Of course, that does improve safety. You're not as distracted. Yep. And also, you can see all the rest of the surroundings and the road that if you just used a conventional visor, yep. you wouldn't be able to see because it would so, be blocking it. Artificial intelligence or machine learning? It's just a, it's just a camera, right? <laughs> it but it's, is. It's, a, it, it's a camera and some snazzy software. It is, and it's doing a really good thing. So it's machine learning. It's machine learning. Yes. <laughs> um, some stuff that they've sent up to the space station, they've sent up a thing called a Sound C, which is about the size of a lunchbox, uh, up to the space station, and it... Uh, it rides around aboard NASA's uh, floating um, robot that's on the on the space station, and uses microphones to capture noises produced by machines and instruments in the space station and analyse them. So this is the sort of thing of you know you can hear something's just knocking a little bit more than it should that maybe, drip or, or that you go or creaking a bit. Yes, is, is that drip a problem? And uh, will allow them to analyse things that way. I like that. Yeah, I, I do idea. like that idea. I just want one for home. Oh, Roger, so you sort of say, oh, well, yeah. Is that drip actually the, the, whoops, that's the or central where's heating. The, where's that coming from? Yes. Because I, I'm guessing that's some of so the So maybe, uh, maybe the this needs to be an Amazon Echo skill for your smart speakers. I heard something weird that I shouldn't normally hear in this room and tell me. Hey, hey Amazon, which room's flooded? <laughs> 
it's got to be uh, got to be the one. Uh, yes, I, I challenge all those software geeks out there in Cambridge, and there's plenty of them, to write a skill for the Amazon device to do that. Um, other things that Bosch has been involved in uh, that they were showing off, uh, they showed off um, some concept vehicles, smart shuttles, so these sort of semi-autonomous transporters sort of thing that we expect to possibly see on the gui- on the not a guided busway between uh, Addenbrooke's and Granter Park down the south of the city. Nice. Uh, what else have they found? What else have they been doing? There, there seems to be, a, I, I've not found too many details about it, a, a sort of heads-up display for cyclists. There seems to be the sort of Google Glass come cycle helmet thing, um, which will sort of show you directions on where you're going nice. as you're cycling. Because, of nice. course... Yeah, you don't have a handy windscreen to uh, to to stick your sat nap to on a bike, really. And you've got handlebars, so there's not a lot of room there. And you don't want to take your eyes off the road. So if you yes. can get those sort of turn right in 200 metres uh, up in front of you, then uh, then that would be good. Uh, yes. Just a quick moment, by the way, while we're talking about travel, uh, thanks to Julian for this message. There seems to be an incident on the roundabout which takes you towards Coton. Um, there's several police cars and uh, possibly an ambulance there. You can't get the entire way around the roundabout, but uh, he did manage to, uh, to to backtrack back into Cambridge. So do watch out if you're heading out towards Coton on the west of the city. Uh, do watch out for the uh, for for the traffic there. So um, the Barton Road. I think it could be. If you do know any more details of that, then uh, do let us know. O seven nine one nine o seven o four nine o. If it's uh, safe and legal, of course, to do that. Something that you wouldn't normally expect us to talk about on the Gadget Guide, tractors. I I think we should talk more about tractors. (laughs) Keep all of our Fenland audience happy. Uh, John Deere had a big stand at the Consumer Electronics Show this year. I'm not sure. It's not their first time, though. I was going to say, I'm not sure I put it as consumer electronics, but of course, agricultural stuff is definitely uh, electronics and very, very high tech. Yes. Nowadays, it's it's definitely not just a uh, a lump of metal anymore. So, of course, the sort of things you expect a modern uh, piece of agricultural equipment like a big John Deere tractor or harvester to have in it is built-in GPS technology that allows it to steer itself. And this is not just sort of turn right in the next roundabout. This is is hands-off, it steers. And, you know, plow this exact lane to within centimetres. Pretty uh, willing to uh, bet a lot of uh, farmers are still laughing at the idea of self-driving cars when they've had self-driving tractors for a good few years. Oh, totally. Uh, The advantage, of course, is there doesn't tend to be too much other traffic in a field. This is true. This yeah, is true. It's, it's pretty much you. Know, it's, it's you and the uh, you and the seagulls. Although you do have other obstacles to deal with, things like power lines and hedges. I and suspect the tractor would win. <laughs> Possibly, might might be a bit bad for both. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, so preci- precise guidance lines can be set up across fields, saving you up to ten percent saving on on losses on fields. Yes, and um, of course, all of this data that they collect, and it is a huge amount of data that underlies agriculture. Um, your tractor is now internet connected. Yeah, four G so connected <laughs> tractor. Soon to be 5G, I'm sure. And no doubt, yeah. Um, as well as, of course, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and everything like that. So presumably, as you're working in your fields, all of the data... As you're tractoring. About, exactly. Yes. All of the data about how, uh, how you know, the state of the land, oh, the state of the crops... Bit. Squidgy bit. It is all going back to, yep. uh, to, to be analysed straight away. Yeah. So, uh, very interesting the amount of stuff that they're putting into tractors, even things like on their uh, weed sprayers that can distinguish weeds from what you're actually growing. I think I saw something floating around a while back with something that effectively drove it up and down your field. It used a camera to look for weeds yeah. and then just plucked them out. Yeah. Just So it, it recognised what was a weed, which is frankly better than I can do. Um, 
and then would just yoink it and take it out all completely automatically as you drove along. Yeah, so very interesting the amount of digital farming uh, that John Deere are driving now uh, to improve agricultural uh, sustainability and also increase and efficiency. the yield. Yes. yes, which is all about you know feed more people for from fields to feet uh, or hands. Uh, Brainco, I, I think this wins the award for the uh, for the best company name <laughs> at least. Yeah, I found this one and I thought this one's fascinating and definitely in the tech for good category. Yes, uh, they they went uh, they won the top tech award at CES twenty twenty um, for a prosthetic AI controlled hand. Um, they say AI controlled; it's actually human controlled, which is the whole point of this, um, because this is for folks that have uh, lost their hands or don't have hands for uh, for whatever reason. You know, historically, they would get a prosthetic of some description uh, from something quite basic up to something maybe reasonably realistic, but always up till now with a reasonably limited amount of movement. Yes, you might get some triggering of an open-closed type grippy thing, possibly triggered by some nerves that are still functional in the stump, but not anywhere near as much control as you would want to do things like play a guitar. Yes, or you know, even sort of writing, uh, cooking, that that sort of thing that so, so many they, of us they, take. For they granted. did show a video of a young chap who's who's been working with them, uh, who has only got one human arm and was using one of the Brainco arms, able to play guitar, because That's amazing. basically he had been able to teach his new hand how to respond to his requirements to be able to pluck strings on a guitar. And I think that's the important thing here, is that it's all completely customizable. So you can decide what movement it is you want it to do, train it with what signals your... You can send, your, your you capabilities, yeah. Which is going to completely change from person to person. Yep. And then sort of train it to make, you know, when I do this, do that movement. Um, yep. The other amazing thing is the cost because you know the prosthetics are never cheap at all no. they can be hugely expensive sort of you know 30 to 50,000 pounds um they're targeting somewhere around kind of 7 to 12,000 pounds yep that's that's a phenomenal with, with a whole lot more capability mm. and it's increasing people's independence and capability they're saying adding six gestures to the smart hand takes only about 10 minutes and it's also going to make it phenomenal yeah that reduction in cost is going to make it so much more accessible to so many more people yeah who just previously just couldn't afford it yeah last one a quick short one uh, samsung showed off something in their prototype lab at ces and this is called the selfie type Yes, this seems to be the uh, the the latest sort of revisiting of a technology that's been around for a while. Um, the idea that you can sit your phone on the desk in front of you and type on a virtual keyboard on whatever surface you happen to be uh, sort of sitting on. So maybe yeah. you're on on the train and you've got the little mini table on the train. Um, you can just type on that as if it was a keyboard and the phone will recognise that and, and type for you. Yes, yeah, so there's been technology that projects little laser-type keyboards and so on, and it's never been that great. And it's never and it's always really needed been. extra hardware. It's yes. been you've had your phone, and then you've had this extra thing. So this is something that they've developed to use the cameras in your phone that you'd normally use for taking selfies to do the monitoring of your hands and some software to do the recognition. Interesting stuff. Obviously, it's a prototype at the moment. It might never make it into a real device, but it shows the sort of things they're thinking about with the technology in your average phone these days and the power of computing it's got in it to do these sort of jobs. Yes, so de definitely some interesting stuff. The Gadget Guy on Cambridge 105 Radio. 
Welcome back to the Gadget Guide, looking at some of the more weird things. We, we like to look at the weird things that have been shown off at CES and at other consumer electronics shows, but uh, some of the stranger things that, uh, yeah, we're just entertaining. I, I think this one must be uh, sponsored by James Corden, possibly the first <laughs> one that we've discovered. This is uh, For all of you sitting in your car singing along to music. Who doesn't? How about your own personal carpool karaoke in a box? Uh, <laughs> The the problem with, that I have is that that implies that someone else might actually be listening to me sing, and that, that's that not a good danger, isn't there? This I, is we, the... We've had the whole sort of uh, Amazon employees listening to uh, your uh, Echo recordings and Apple listening and, to Siri and, and Google listening to us. Yeah. Do you want another service doing that? I, I no one needs to listen to me singing. Are you just worried that your colleagues might suddenly find that there's a, a Robert Chipperfield channel? Exactly. It's <laughs> not good for me or them. That could be embarrassing, couldn't it? This is the Roxy from carkit-ai.com. Yes, they're trying to harp in on the AI idea. And it is a little box that's got a built-in um, DJ that lets you select your music and act as a voice assistant. So it works with Siri as well as uh, Google Assistant uh, using your Android or iPhone. And um, so... It gives you a, a useful thing in being a, a Bluetooth speakerphone, which is useful. It, it is. But then it's also a hands-free karaoke mic, does pro karaoke effects. It gives you, um, yeah, it, stuff not, to sing along I'm to. I'm not entirely sure why you need a hands-free microphone when you're in the car, though. Because you're not allowed to hold a microphone? No, no, as in why do you need a microphone at all? <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be able to amplify you that much because otherwise you're just going to end up with feedback. Um and as you say, the driver really, really shouldn't be holding on to a microphone. So I, I'm a little sceptical. I, I guess it, so it's sort also, of it's software got... for choosing all of the, the tracks which don't have the, yeah. the main vocals and that so sort of it, stuff. So it's, it's got a, a special field microphone that's able to capture sound from all passengers of the car, even the back seat passengers. Oh, gosh. It reduces feedback from the car speaker, so it's got automatic feedback cancellation in it. And um, yeah, auto tune. I, I I was just going to say, especially tune <laughs> built in professional karaoke sing along process. Auto tune. <laughs> That's auto tune, isn't it? Well, it, it uh, it's got a pitch shifter that will automatically lower or increase the pitch of the music to match your voice. Oh, okay. So it tunes the music. It, it doesn't change music. You. Oh wow, yes. that's that's like auto tune backwards. I wonder how... Um, now you want one, don't you, just because? I mean, it just intrigues as to what it would <laughs> sort of do to the backing track to, to make someone sound good and how, how far can you push it. And you can also tune it to give you 3D simulated surround sound. Does it keep in time for you as well? I don't know. Yeah, if it can keep in pitch, can it also sort of slow it down and speed it up? And mm. you know, how, Again, how far can you push that? Yeah, so uh, interesting device, uh, apparently on Kickstarter at the moment. Right. Well, we'll see how that <laughs> goes. Next one, uh, off to the kitchen. How about, uh, because you've, you've got smart devices at home and you can tell them to turn on your lights. Yes. How about um, saying, uh, Amazon device, um, I'd like a glass of water, 250 mLs at two degrees, please. Now, I don't care about that for a glass of water so much, but what would ah, be really now, useful... Now, while you're cooking, exactly. I want 250 mLs of boiling water, please, because that's what I need to make or, my gravy. Or lukewarm water. Or, yes. But yes, you, you can just imagine you're halfway through your cake recipe and... Yeah, you, it calls you for 100 mL of water. It, exactly. You can't find your... No, your measuring jug you last used to measure flour and it's now well, egg just, and flour exactly. and everything you else just don't it. need to. You don't need to wash it up. You don't yep. need to do any of that. that that's a 
actually, I can see that being really useful. So this is a, the um, tap company Moen in the States who've uh, brought out a smart faucet or tap that uh, will allow you to see, give voice commands. Okay, you've got to have a smart voice command assistant, uh, but it will work with Google, Amazon, and Apple devices. Um, and then you'll be able to ask it to uh, produce your water at the temperature you desire in the quantity. It'll be interesting. I, I from, from a tablespoon to 15 gallons. And I, I do get that because it doesn't say whether it can do boiling or not. But 102 degrees. Uh, is that Fahrenheit or... <laughs> It's got to be Fahrenheit. Annoyingly, it? does not say. No, it can do hot water. Okay, so, so 100, 102 is is only forty degrees C. I think it can do hotter than that. Yes, you you would hope so. But what what that could be really useful for, as well as your recipes, where you say, you know read out how much you want it, you can define presets. So you can say, okay, I'm making my Huel shake or something like that. Yep. Again, you just put it underneath and say, right, give me a Huel shake and. And they yeah. will just remember how much that is and what temperature it is. Because the, these sort of taps will probably make their ways into the bathroom, and it, you know, it'd be great yeah. if you could run just, me you a know, standard bath. Yes, and it knows how many liters of water to put in the bathtub at what temperature you'd like. Yes, probably not be, going to be able to get it to add the bubbles for you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, interestingly, the, the so they do do a uh, a shower version as well. Yes. By the way, um, the tap comes in. It's really three hundred and thirty pounds, but not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, uh, if you look at some, of the, taps some of the prices exactly. of some of the filtered heated taps, they exactly, are not, not cheap. cheap. So it's not much more expensive than a lot of those. Yeah. Interesting devices. Yes. Yes. Um, I did say no TVs, but I found a, a, oh, we'll, just a we'll bit of a weird one. TV. Yes, this is Samsung's the, idea on, on how we should be watching TV is that what do you do about everyone who's shot a video portrait mode with their phone? Oh, the the upright video, just say no people. You just hate. Samsung have developed a TV. This is their concept TV, their Zero TV, which when you are casting to it from your Android device, will automatically rotate the whole screen... Into portrait. <laughs> into portrait if you're casting a vertical video. Now, I notice in their sort of concept shop... Uh, concept shot. They've uh, they've got it sort of on a stand with a uh, kind of a plinth. Uh, that, and a, that is part of it. Uh, and a vase next to it. I'm just imagining the <laughs> what, first person. The flowers flying. <laughs> exactly. The TV spins around, and and either the cat who was asleep oh, on top gets dear. flung off, or the flowers do, or mm. your cup of coffee. Yes. So a uh, bit of a weird one. Of course, I, the cons are currently no uh, no Apple support. Only a single size, and who would really want one? Well, yes, and I, I kind of, I kind of feel like Samsung have a, a very different understanding of how tidy the average living room is than than I do. This could be a, a TV that's been influenced by Instagram and TikTok, so it's a TV being influenced by influencers. Yes, and, and oh speaking dear. of speaking of influencers, um, uh, L'Oreal, of course, very well known in the makeup world. Yeah, uh, they now have a gadget that will mix your lipstick based on what your favourite influencers are wearing. Yeah, so they showed off their prototype. It'll be out, apparently, to buy next year. You'll be able to uh, flip through your uh, Instagram feed and go, yeah, I'd like Beyonce's uh, glossy, shiny pink with slightly glittery bits now. And more generally, it's the sort of, it's the mix-your-own-paint thing at home. Yes. I I can see that being useful. I can see that being very popular, and I think L'Oreal might have just cottoned on to the next big thing for their market. And you know what? It's going to reduce waste as well. 
Yes. Because now you don't get a lipstick, then decide you don't like the colour and throw it away. Or it sits in the drawer forever. Exactly. Only until downside it, is... it just slowly melts. It's probably going to be a bit like inkjet printers where uh, next time you come to use it, you, you <laughs> have to buy of, the new... <laughs> you're out of glitter and you cannot look like a unicorn today. Exactly. Yeah, interesting stuff. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time looking at more tech news and gadgets for you. Cambridge 105 Radio